the, the open house for our house the open house for our house that's our house now that we live in the open our house. house for the house of where our house is which yeah. is our house You can show me this video, but you should know that I am recording, okay. so I'm going to capture my live reaction. Lizzie wants to show me a video of what a 26-week-old baby looks like. Because are you 26 weeks along? Yeah, I'm 26 weeks today. So this comes up on your FYP. My yeah. FYP does not know that we're having a baby. <laughs> it's Nothing's changed for Sometimes me. Sometimes I have to click the not interested. Like, when I've had enough baby content, the thing. I have to click not interested and just be like, tell the algorithm, like, just stop for a little bit. Like, I, I need a break. I gotta be honest with you. I'm a little bit grateful that I can still elect to tap into baby world. It's not just inundating me with stuff yeah. because baby and family content is aside from educational stuff informative stuff i really don't like family content i really don't like none of the genre I- of it. All, no but even like the way that the captions and the music are done all of it is like a little bit weird to me that's fair enough none for of, the most part there, none of I'm what sure i'm exceptions. getting yeah is content about people's baby it's a lot of content by like labor and delivery nurses uh, who talk about stuff so they're not there's no see actual- that would fall under educational for me but yeah. i don't see that either. i don't see so, that at all like 90 percent of what i'm seeing is educational i don't thankfully get like anyone's babies sometimes i'll get a video that's like a realistic nighttime routine in my life with my baby but the baby is barely like i wouldn't potato yeah i wouldn't be able to pick the baby out of a lineup so i don't really think i don't think it's weird really yeah it's just literally the mom like holding the baby like you can bear you can see like half the baby's profile Mm -hmm. so i'm not like oh no this is like exploitative like it's just a potato like you cannot tell who that baby is but yeah let me show you a video I get a lot of videos that are like, if you're this many weeks along, this is what your baby looks like in the mm. womb, because if it's born early. Let's see what Splice is looking like. Like, something like that. No, really? Yeah. Like, it's pretty... That's huge! I know. Yeah. Are you sure that's not a really big 26-week-old? I'm pretty sure. Babies are born at 26 weeks and have a good chance of making it at that point, so that's good. But they're very small and need a lot of help if they are born that early. Bitty bitty. Yeah, you can't like go home with them. Right. Like they're it's gonna be like months. Yeah. Yeah. Before you can take them home. Oh, but goodness. you know, but like crazy to think that that that's is the size of me. splice. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to Under Our Roof. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Grace or Semler, depending on how you know me. And this is going to be our finally long-awaited house episode. We moved last month and we're so excited to tell you about it. That is the size of Splice. Apparently Splice is the size of a papaya. Didn't we have Yeah, we ate a lot of papaya. In Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yes, which was our Sarah Water Bottle episode, which <laughs> some of you wrote in and said you really enjoyed. And so if you did enjoy that, and this is a safe space, then I would like you to know that we did not plan it this way, but a song was released about Sarah Waterbottle. And I'm not going to tell you the name of the song because it does kind of indicate the name of the person. Yeah, we can't. We can't tell you too much. But shoot, I really want to applaud because it's our friend's song. (laughs) It's not us. It feels like it's okay because our friend put out a song, I I think, referencing 
Sarah water bottle. I so if like- you're interested to learn, hey, this is what I'm going to do. If you're interested to maybe get a little bit more Sarah water bottle lore, go check out a recent release from our friend Som S O M M E. That's it. There I you go. I feel like we're giving a little bit of. I don't think so. Okay. It's it, like she put yeah, out the song. She, we was... didn't. We didn't be like, "Will you write a song about Sarah Waterbottle?" We just did a podcast episode. It was just funny because the timing. This friend broke up with Sarah, or like not oh, even broke we up, don't but know. just seems the song indicates. No, I feel like she's dating. She's been dating someone else for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean that we don't know who broke up with whom. Sure, I'm just saying the relationship with Sarah Waterbottle ended. A while ago. Yes. And then suddenly, right when we make the Sarah Waterbottle episode, this friend puts out a song about that relationship. The absolute power of this podcast. (laughs) Though we are small, we are mighty. We are determined. The song came out on September 8th, and we put out that episode like (laughs) September 4th. So so. the song must have been written years ago. Well, sure, but but still, what are the odds? You you put that out into the universe. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So today we are finally at long last sitting down and giving y'all the house episode. We've teased this for a while. We've given you the voice notes telling you that it was coming. We've talked at length, I think almost the duration of this whole year, 2023, about wanting to to move probably, getting into the housing market of Los Angeles. And now we finally have the time and capacity to sit down and tell you about our journey to become homeowners, which just happened. Yeah, we bought this house in July 2023. We moved in a month later in August. The timing was wild because, I mean, we... It was silly. It was a silly timing. We knew that it... I mean, you just don't have control over exactly the timing of everything. But we closed on the house. And then less than 10 days later, we left for our like huge summer trip for two weeks in Finland and Sweden. And then when we moved back, or sorry, when we got back from the trip, we had to move like four days after getting back, in the midst of which I was having a meltdown because KLM lost my suitcase with like all of my possessions. (laughs) And it was just a crazy time. Oh, and I had to announce my two, because I'm thinking, I was like, Mm -hmm. we each had just stuff happening. And then it was like, by the way, you're also moving from your beloved home in West Hollywood. Where you live for six years. Six years. This formative, incredible place, this neighborhood that we have loved so much to a whole new neighborhood, a whole new flow of life, and you're launching a tour, and you're finishing the EP, and your wife is pregnant, and her luggage is lost, and she's also slammed with work coming back from vacation, and we're both jet lagged. It just was, it was stuff, stuff, stuff. And I'm pretty sure maybe we had to take one of the dogs to the vet during that oh, time Oh, that as was well. the week when we took Bean to the oh, emergency, emergency vet. room, right? Yep. Even I knew it. I knew that there was, I was like, and something else was there. I was like, yes, Bean had diarrhea. <laughs> and he was fine, but he freaked us out. So we took him to the emergency vet in the middle of the night and they did kind of scare us. They were like, he has a fever and his blood pressure is elevated. All this stuff. We're like, oh my God. And then he ended up just needing some like digestive medication. And he, I mean, this is a month ago. He's totally fine. Anyway, it was a crazy time. It was a crunch. It was a crazy month. (laughs) Anytime something is crazy and also a noun, a lot of times Lizzie and I will put a CR in front of it. That wasn't a time. That was a crime. That was a crunch. 
if we watch an episode of TV and afterward we're like, wow, what like what a twist. We'll be like, that was a crepisode. Crepisode. A that crazy was a episode. Crepisode. <laughs> we're watching Pretty Little Liars right now. So <laughs> every episode is a crepisode. There's been a trend on TikTok that's like, say what your married language word is for this thing. Yeah. Have you seen that? Oh, I mean, we could do a whole glossary. Well, are, most of them are just like people talking in a baby voice and being oh, like, no, no, no. It's no. like, what do you call this? And it's like a picture of shrimp, like the food shrimp. And the person will be like, scrimps. Stop it. Stop and I'm it. like, uh, no, 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 no. no. But we do say scrimps. Yeah, but not in a baby voice. No. Our language that we do have an entire language. It's not in a baby voice, though. It's just like bizarre <laughs> words. Like, I, I would say, do you know the trickster voice filter on TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of closer to how we talk. Like, it would be more like, put your shoes away. Like, like that type of thing. I don't know. It would be like a crepisode. Like, yeah, something that was more, a crepisode. It was a crepisode. It would be more like that than <laughs> a, if either one of us ever did a baby voice. Yeah, I don't know. It just would be. It's really not in the Rolodex. It would feel. It would be a little bit like who has body snatched my sweet wife. Well, we don't even do that when we're talking about the baby. I feel like I don't really. I'm sure I'm gonna have a mom voice, but I don't want it to be super like baby. No, no, no. I mean, I've already learned a little bit about my baby voice because the neighborhood that we moved into has babies. Within our vicinity, there are so many more toddlers than we knew in West Hollywood. Now, some of that probably is just that, like, we are also expecting. And so you start coming into orbit with other people with young kids or who are also expecting. No, but there's so many kids so on many, our street. On our, yeah, on our street, there's just, like, a lot of babies. And so I've had to interact with kids. Like, And it's actually really cool. Like, I, I was so honored the other day one of our neighbors was like, hey, I got to hop in the house for a minute. Can you uh, watch my kid while I go get something. And I was like, Oh my God, we're really building trust with the neighbors. (laughs) I was there with Bean and I was like, I was just trying to distract him. And I was like, Hey, Hey, like, Oh yeah, your mom's going to come back. So I've, I've been like learning my baby voice. I feel like it was, if it was going to be like, baby, like (laughs) it probably would have happened with the babies on the block. Yeah. Like I would have noticed that occurring and then I would have curbed the habit, but instead I end up just being like, wow, like, that you're going so fast if they're like running mm-hmm. or something. Ooh, let's let's slow down. Why do kids love to just run? They just love to flee. Like, they, they love to flee the scene. Yes, there's we this, see them running up and down the street. There's this girl in our neighborhood, and she's like less than two, I would say. And sh- we'll all be standing. Like her parents will be there. Yeah. We'll be there. The dogs will be there. Another kid will be there. And all of a sudden, she'll just Books run. It. Yeah, like like sprinting in the opposite direction. What I imagine running through her head (laughs) as she does that is the Lana Del Rey ride monologue. Like, I am crazy, but I am free. (laughs) She's just, like, everyone she knows, literally everyone she knows is congregated. And she's like, and she's like, I'm going to run towards the end of the street. So I've learned that I don't have a baby voice. That's good. I don't think. But I, I certainly try to have a speech pattern and language that is accessible for kids. Yeah, I think it's really important to, when you have a baby, like, talk to them in a way where they can sort of pick up on things and, like, react to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, even though a kid can't talk back, you kind of, like, are supposed to constantly narrate, and that really helps. That's how they learn language. An internal monologue. Yeah, yeah. so it feels weird in a way to be, like, 
oh, like, are you doing this? Are you rolling over? Are you looking at your book? Are you like, talk about whatever you're doing? And that's normal. And you're going to do it in kind of like a sing-song voice, probably. You're not going to probably just be like, hey, but you could. Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm going to, we already have songs for the dogs. So I can only imagine how many songs I'm going to make for baby times. So many. But okay, should we dive into the house buying process? Wait, wait, wait. And a little bit about our house? What? You know what we're going to dive into. The meat and potatoes. You know what we're cutting into. (laughs) Some meat and potatoes. You better have a sip of that water, of that tea, of that vodka, of that beautiful mezcal from Mexico when we went to Cabo. If you are drinking something while you're listening. The meat and potatoes of this episode is house buying. But first, a preview of a song on my new EP coming out this Friday, Night Aches. This episode is brought to you by me, Semler. And uh, you're listening to the song called So Cool. I'm not mad, I'm not mad, I'm not mad I'm cool like that, it's too shall pass I'm not mad I'm so cool Okay, lady, how did we get into the housing market in Los Angeles? We, as I think the listeners know, started house shopping earlier this year. Kind of like April, I feel like, is when we were more seriously getting pre-approved for a mortgage and doing all that comes along with that. And then we just went to open houses. Well, pause. We found a realtor. What goes on with being pre-approved? Okay, so I think we need to like break it down step by step. Okay, so we actually had a friend come over to see our new house. And she said, you know, how did you even do this process? Like, I just wouldn't even know where to start if I was interested in buying a house. And it was in some ways both easier and harder than I would have thought. But overall, I feel really lucky. Like, we did not have to search for a year to find a house, which I've heard of people doing. And we only ever put in two offers. We made one offer that we did not get accepted, but we were close. I mean, it was like us and one other person, it sounds like. And then we didn't end up getting it. I feel like it was really meant to be where we ended up. And then with our house now, it was also down to us and one other bidder, and we ended up getting it. But let me back up. So we knew generally the area we were interested in, although the house that we bought is a little bit outside of that area. It's actually a little like closer to town. We were planning on moving a little farther out. But we found something closer to where we used to live, which is great. We knew, like, obviously our budget or we had an idea. You don't – it's hard to really know until you start talking to people and get a sense of, like, what rates are at the time and everything. And then we found a realtor. So once we did those things, we started the pre-approval process, which, assuming that you are getting a mortgage and not buying in cash, which we were obviously not doing – but people in LA do all the time. Um, we actually lost out on a cash op to a cash offer on the house that we didn't get. A cash offer means like they're just paying the full amount, not literally in paper dollars, but just they're not getting financing, which is, I mean, kind of crazy. But at the same time, people do it all the time. People so. have millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Not us, um, but we are very grateful we could get a house. So the pre-approval process, assuming that you are going through a mortgage and getting financing for your house is crucial because you can't put an offer in really until you have that. 
And once you get an offer accepted, as we learned, things move really, really fast. So you need to already have like your lender and everything lined up. And that process kind of sucked. Like it was okay. I say it sucked just because it was so much work. Like very tedious. Yeah. You have to get so much information. You have to have all these phone calls. We ended up getting three different pre-approval letters from three different lenders, which is what our um, realtor recommended just to have like different options. And then when the time comes to get your house, you can see like who has the best rate at the time. Yeah. It's comparison shopping. You want to see who's going to give you the best rate and what will be the best for your budget. It makes you more competitive as well, because you can say, well, this I have this option. Is there anything you can do to sweeten the deal? Like It just gives you some leverage, and especially with a very competitive housing market, it's helpful. Yes. And I should also back up and say, like the only person that we had to find and contact totally from scratch ourselves was our realtor. And I want to talk about that. Yeah, go for it. So I'd been excited to own a home. I'd been excited to enter a new chapter with Lizzie and for our family. So I was lurking on Los Angeles real estate Instagram for some time, asking friends of mine, trusted friends, who were some housing accounts, home buying accounts that they fall, or is it real? What is it? Is, yeah, are real, they real estate agents or realtors? I don't know what the difference is. I've yeah, watched I mean, Selling Sunset, so like I should know this, but I don't know. Realtor these. is like a trademarked term. It means that they're part of an association. Is that what we had? A realtor? I think he's a realtor, yeah, but like a real estate agent is the generic term. Okay, so not every real estate agent is a realtor. I gotcha. Okay. So basically I'd been following some uh realtors on Instagram, seeing houses that they were listing in the Los Angeles area and following agents who had kind of aesthetics that I liked that seemed as though they might be the same or compatible with what Lizzie and I were looking for, that they were listing homes or even that they were just showing home, like on their story, they'd be like, I went to this open house today and it's not my listing, but it's my friend's listing. Just helps you get a lay of the land. And I followed this one agent. His name is Jose Prats. I would absolutely recommend him. I loved his Instagram account. I just felt like it showed beautiful homes in Los Angeles from a variety of different price points, different neighborhoods in LA as well. And so one day while we were doing open houses, just kind of in the area that we thought we were interested in buying in, there was a an open house in an area that was different from that, that I knew he was the listing agent for. And so I told Lizzie, I was like, hey, on our way home, I know this house is like out of our budget and also not in the area that we're looking at, but I love this realtor. Would you be interested in going by just to meet him and see if it's a good vibe and to, to talk about, you know, see what we, I don't know, like see what shakes out. Yeah. It sounds like kind of dating. It's like blind dating. And he was so nice. The listing was also awesome. It wasn't yeah, it for was us, gorgeous. but it was like, it was, a, just... it was a good, it gave you like good energy of like, he's got good taste. Yeah. It was um actually pretty close to our house that we ended up buying, but mm-hmm. it was definitely out of our budget, but it was nice. It's like fun to go look at houses that are out of your budget too, mm-hmm. especially going in. If you already know, like there's no way we could get this house. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just fun. And he was just really kind. And what I appreciate about him as well is that he understands that for a lot of millennials embarking on buying a house is so intimidating and daunting. And he really walked us through the process on just some informational calls 
in a way that never felt like there was any pressure or that there was any, it wasn't condescending at all about questions that we had. He was just really, really helpful, generous with his time and very supportive of us wherever we were in the process and the decisions we came with. I think also he gave us great information to know where to start. Like it, it, I felt like we got off our phone call with him and we were like, all right, we have a good like some action items of things we need to do to reach out. He helped point us in the right direction of like, okay, if we want to own a home, we have to do like XYZ things. Like let's start plugging away at our list. And I think that his having a great reputation and honestly a, a solid Instagram presence did ultimately help us in a positive way when we made our offer on the home that we ended up getting. Yeah, I'm skipping ahead, but I remember when we toured the open house for our house that ended up being our house. The, the open house for our house? The open house for our house that's our house now, that we live in the as our house. The open house for the house of where our house is, which yeah. is our house. Yeah, the listing agent, which is the agent for the sellers, when we she said, are you working with someone? We said, yes, Jose Prats. And she was like, oh, I follow him on Instagram. He's, he seems so cool. And, it and he up- doesn't have a douchey Instagram presence. No. I, I hear that how that might sound of like, and his Instagram presence. But it really is just he is uh, showing and also enjoying enjoying i don't know he's uh no, he is he's like he an appreciator appreciator of, of beautiful houses specifically i would say spanish style homes in los angeles yes that's like his uh bread and butter his yeah. meat and potatoes if you will mm-hmm. so now let's rewind we find our real okay so we, once you find your realtor or real estate agent in our experience, that's really the last thing that you have to do by yourself from scratch. And maybe you don't even have to do that from scratch because you already know somebody or you have a recommendation or whatever. But for us, we didn't. So we found this guy kind of through a cold call of like going to his open house and meeting him. And then we had an introductory call. And then like Grace was saying, from there, everything else just organically flowed because Mm -hmm. he connected us with everyone that we needed for mortgage pre-approval. His assistant now is even helping us like do little things like changing our locks at mm-hmm. our new house. All the inspections that needed to happen with the yeah, house. They just know he knows I everybody because he's in yeah. the business. So it's not like we had to recreate the wheel for every step of the way. We just kind of followed his formula, which is proven to work. Going through the pre-approval process, definitely give yourself time to do that. Like I would say it can take a few weeks really like i mean we probably had it all squared away in two weeks but we were it is paperwork it's gonna be a chunk of paperwork yeah it's like several hours of sitting down and like filling things out because you're technically filling out like a loan application basically Mm -hmm. which requires so much information like all your recent pay stubs and i will say like grace having a non-traditional sort of career where you you do have like payroll through your own company but you don't have a lot of the stuff that I have. That was fine. Like they made it easy. And especially in LA, I think they work with people in that situation a good bit. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was more straightforward. Just like, you know, paste up from my job I had, but it's like, you have to put them in touch sometimes with someone from your job, from HR for them to confirm stuff because they are doing their due diligence, making sure you're not scamming them and making it seem like you have money that you don't have. I don't know why you would do that because you would then not be able to pay your mortgage, but um, I'm sure people do crazy things all the time. So it must be very stressful to be a scammer. Yeah, it sounds very stressful. So you show them every last bit of your information, all your um, accounts that you have. Of course, they look at your credit history and 
income and savings and just, I mean, everything. You have to dredge up every scrap of information about yourself, which is a lot of work. And there's always the thing that you can't find and you have to figure things out. And And there's also some lenders will want pieces of information that other lenders won't want. And that will seem very annoying when it's like every other lender has been fine with without this thing. Yeah. And then there's one lender that's like, can you chase down XYZ person and get them to sign this letter that you need to print out and fax to that? Like, it's just, it really can be tedious. So I would recommend baking in plenty of time to just get that process done with and then tuck into some open houses. Yes, exactly. So we went through that whole approval in the spring. And then once we had our pre-approval letters, which is like, you don't even really have a letter in hand. They just send it to your realtor usually. When your realtor prepares an offer on a house for you, they just attach the letter basically showing Mm -hmm. like this person is who they say they are as far as being able to afford the house. And the offer that we're making is legitimate because it's backed by this specific lender that is showing, yes, I will fund the loan. I'm probably getting into way too much of the specifics, but having like a fully underwritten pre-approval letter, meaning like you already have the underwriter for the loan saying like, yes, I have seen this person's income and credit and everything. And like, I will follow through on funding this loan if the offer gets accepted is helpful. So we had that. Exactly So then we were touring, touring places and another of our houses that we were making interested in making offers on were houses that our real estate agent was listing. Yeah, and that's, that's normal. That's an exciting part, I think, of the market these days is that there are so many websites and resources available to you to find houses on the internet. There will also be listings that are not listed and maybe that's the route that you want to go. But for us, I really liked checking in on Compass specifically and Zillow and uh, Redfin, but Compass was really my preferred method to see what open houses were going to be in areas that we liked that weekend. And then Lizzie and I would kind of, we'd wake up, do the dogs um, and probably head out for the afternoon, grab some boba and hit like three open houses. Sometimes we would basically play house hunters on the way home and be like, okay, we liked this one. We liked this one, but which one's our top one? And sometimes we drive home being like, none of them, none of them are really for us. I know. And the open house for our house that we ended up getting, which is so incredible. And it's so wonderful. I love our home so much. We were not planning on going to see open houses that day. And I just checked compass. We were planning on having a quiet weekend in we both had a lot of work to catch up on so we were going to do the dogs make breakfast and then like tuck into some work and i checked compass because i was just in that mode of doing it almost like checking my email i'd see what was listed and this house showed up and i was immediately like there's 
something about this house. I really felt like we should go see it. I really had a strong intuition. It was the only, it wasn't like we had a bunch of open houses to go see that. And it was like on the list. It was the only reason why we got in the car that day. But we did end up seeing another house that day too. Which yeah. was, we didn't like. No. But Grace showed it to me and I hadn't seen it on anything. Like I wasn't really looking as closely as you were on the websites, mm-hmm. but Grace showed it to me and I was also like, we yeah, there's something, there's about, something about, it. about it. Like it's really cute. There were a few little things that I was like, I've never seen that in a listing before. It seems so special. The area was different from what we'd been looking at, but there was just something about it. I don't know. And it's so funny because that's what we say about our dogs, which is not to say, it's not the same thing, but sometimes when you love something so much, it's hard to put it into words, like why you love it. So you'll just say, at least Lizzie and I, it's maybe another thing in our glossary. Like there's just something about it. Yeah, There's some- something about being, there's something about this house. There was just something about it. Yeah, it's like an X factor. I mean, I think a lot of people feel that. Just the intangible yes. thing that makes you drawn to something. And so we came to see the open house and it was popular. It was There was a lot of yeah. people in here. It's weird, like we're sitting here looking out at our living room and kitchen. I can't believe and it. And I remember standing in here. I'm like getting goosebumps all of a sudden. I remember standing in here and talking to the seller's agent and like mm-hmm. literally feet from where I'm sitting right now. I remember asking her, you know, when are you accepting offers through? Because we were definitely interested. Like, right. I think right away, like we walked in and we were like, oh, "Oh, yeah. Within seconds, we were like, just something. It has really good light. It has really good bones. One of my favorite things about it is it's laid out really well. Like, I really like the flow of the house. And I just feel like it makes so much sense for the life we're picturing for ourselves now that we're adding a new family member Mm -hmm. and just getting ready for this big new chapter of life. And we can talk in a minute more about like the specifics of what we love about the house, but we pretty much right away were like, yes. And a big part of that too was the house is really well cared for. There's certain things that we have already fixed. Like we had to do some electrical work as soon as we moved in, which we knew about because it came up in the inspections or it actually came up in the seller disclosures. They were honest, like, hey, there's this outlet that doesn't work, that kind of stuff. Nothing crazy. And then, you know, there's little things like that that I think are very normal when you move into a new house. But just like the hardwood floors, the paint job everywhere, the trim, the cabinets, like it's well taken care of. And Mm -hmm. it did not at all feel like a fixer upper or something where we needed to put in major work right away. And I think we both were just like, this place is so special. Yeah. And we loved like the color of the house, which I'm not going to say the color, I guess, for obvious reasons, maybe obvious reasons. I'm a little squeamish about like putting too much on the internet. We live in LA. We live in LA. (laughs) We loved the color of the house. We loved the backyard. As I've shared on Instagram stories, we have a lot of fruit trees in the backyard. And there's just so many things we love about it. Mm -hmm. And so I remember sitting feet from where I am now, or I was standing feet from where I am now sitting. I asked the listing agent, you know, when are you accepting offers through? And she was like, oh, we'll be, this was on a Sunday, I think. And she was like, oh, we'll be in escrow by next weekend. And not in a rude way at all. Just like, you know, this is a house with a ton of interest. Like it it was priced really well. Basically, they were like, it is, it is going to sell quickly. And they were right. And we were in escrow that weekend with us. Yeah, I can't. And I can't believe when we were back home after writing to Jose and going through the process that we'd like to make an offer. He advised us on how to be competitive. So your your realtor really walks you through that. You just say, mm-hmm. I'm this is as comfortable as we are willing to bid at this time. And then he'll sort of say, 
what about this? Or we could, you can do offers in different ways, which is kind of interesting. He was like, we can, you don't have to say like, this is the number dollar that we're willing to pay. You can just sort of, you can say other things like we are willing to beat the highest offer by X amount or mm-hmm. something up until a certain our, cap. our cap. Yeah. And not like forever. We're not like infinity money or <laughs> something, but just, you know, there, there are creative ways that you can make an offer. And Jose was advising us on that. And then a few days had gone by and we were doing, I think both of us again, doing emails on the couch. It's something that we do very frequently. <laughs> <laughs> and you looked at me and you were like, we got the house. Well, we we knew that we were in a we got into a little bit of a bidding war before a that. Bit, yeah. So it wasn't like a major thing, but they got several offers and mm-hmm. which doesn't surprise me at all. And then it was down to us and one other bidder. We don't know anything about them or who they were, but um, there was one other entity or person that was bidding on the house. And they actually made an initial offer that was higher than ours, I believe. Yeah. But they liked some of our terms better. So then we came back and did the escalation clause thing that Grace was mentioning, where you say like will beat whatever their price is up to a certain amount. So it's an interesting way of structuring things. And then they came back to us again. We had to change one other thing. So we did like a couple rounds of like a bidding war against someone else. We don't know who. We found out on a Wednesday night that we had gotten the house. Um, Jose texted me and was just like... Didn't we leave like the next morning? I was about to say, when you get a house, you have to put down like 3% of the purchase price. Like we ultimately paid 20% down, which is very standard to put 20% of the total purchase price in cash. That's your down payment. And when I say cash, again, I don't mean like paper dollars. I just mean like we transferred the money out of our account into the escrow account that was 20% ultimately. But before that, just like the first day after you get the house accepted, you have to transfer usually like 3%. It's called an earnest money deposit. It's basically being like, I have some skin in the game. Like I'm putting in a chunk. It's not like the whole down payment, but like a bit of the down payment now. And then you start the escrow process of doing inspections and stuff. But the day after we got the house accepted, like we got our offer accepted, we were actually flying to see my family at the Chesapeake Bay in Virginia. <gasps> and Faith was hitting number one. Yes. Faith, oh my god. Yep. Faith hit number one that it, day. Like too. that's what I'm talking about. This is the 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 summer that we've had. Yeah. It the is the summer that Lizzie nuts. and I have had as a couple, and then professionally the summer, and then on your side professionally, and then also being pregnant throughout the whole thing, and then also getting I mean, it's really I just can't believe it's just it's incredible how yeah. much has happened. It really is when I when I talk about it's it all. It's been a I'm crummer. Like, wow. Well, and it's a crummer. Keep in mind too. So when we were at the Chesapeake, that's when we did our photos for our pregnancy announcement that I posted. And so like shot the video for I'd show up too. and shot the video, which my sister so much stuff. My how sister did, did all of that. So keep in mind, like we're flying to the Chesapeake. I'm 16 weeks pregnant. <laughs> we just got a house. Like we haven't closed on it yet but like we are buying a house grace's song is and like we also haven't told like a lot of people in our lives or the podcast or like social media or anything about any of this so it just feels really overwhelming and like oh my gosh so yeah we flew to virginia the day after we got our our offer accepted on this house and the tricky thing about that was that um, we had to wire a not insignificant sum of money the next day The problem is we were flying to the middle of nowhere where my, well, we were flying to Richmond, Virginia, which is not the middle of nowhere, but we were then driving a considerable ways to the Tidewater, Virginia area, which is tiny and there isn't anything like chains or anything there. So 
the bank that I bank with, thank God, does have a branch in Richmond because I don't know what we would have done otherwise. But the amount of money we were transferring, I had to go in person. So I couldn't do like an online or over the phone wire transfer. So I had to go in person, like show my ID, all that stuff, which makes sense for security reasons. We landed at like 10 p.m., drove to my parents' house at the Chesapeake Bay, got in after midnight, Mm -hmm. and then had to wake up the next morning at at like 8 a.m., drive an hour back to Richmond with my mom. She drove us, which was honestly so nice, so I didn't have to like figure it all out. But we had to drive back to Richmond and wire the money and then immediately drive back. Like we did like four hours round trip to and from Richmond in a very short time Mm -hmm. because uh, we had to wire this money. My parents didn't even know we were buying a house. We were like, surprise. It was just crazy, but it all really, really worked out. And Mm -hmm. then the next two, so we were only in escrow for two weeks, which also is like rare, but the sellers wanted to move fast and we agreed to it. That's part of why we got the house is we were like willing to make it work and, you know, make it all happen. So we closed on the house July 13th and we saw the house on like June 24th or something. Yeah. So like on July 13th, Unreal. it was like our house. Like the utilities are in our name. We have the keys. <laughs> Crazy. And then we started doing trips over mm-hmm. during, you know, the week, weeknights, whenever we could on the weekends. We would just bring random stuff. Random like things over. Basket of blankets. Trying to figure out how to turn the air conditioning on. Yeah. And... I was just thinking as you were describing the different adventures that we have had this summer, the incredible adventures that we've been able to go on and the new chapters of life that we are embracing. I'm just so happy to be doing this all with you. Me too. Because everything that you're describing, (laughs) it's just so much stuff. And it is so much stuff. But I think about all of it so fondly, like even the the craziness, like a, a lot of the down to the wire things that we've had to accomplish and get done. And I got very sick. It was not COVID, but I got really, I I got real sick the week that we were moving. So when Lizzie really needed me the most, I don't know how many times maybe y'all should start drinking whenever we say pregnant. But once again, you know, she is pregnant and we're moving homes and it's hot. It's the summertime. And I am the sickest I've been since COVID. And uh, I don't I think you were much sicker than with COVID. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, and I thought it was COVID, but you tested negative and then your symptoms were a bit different. They were yeah, it was my ears were blocked. Yeah, um, it wasn't really COVID. It was like my my ears and my sinuses were what was giving me like headaches and it was just intense and all it's just all of it. So much, so much, so much. And I'm happy that I think of it all still very, very warmly because I'm just so happy to be doing it with you. I know. I feel the It's exact a sweet same. season, even when it's crazy. And it's funny because like when we flew to Virginia and then, which we had just had planned forever, we were going out there for the 4th of July. Well, my dad's birthday is July 3rd. So it's always a time we're usually together as a family. It's not like 4th of July is my personal number one holiday, but it's it like- It is for me. <laughs> but you know, you have time off work, so it's a good time to travel if you can. We- had that booked for months. And that was going to be my only time seeing my family while I was pregnant. Like I haven't, I mean, I think my mom will come out. Oh, she is coming out next month, actually. But like up until then, I hadn't seen them. So it was important to go be with them and spend some time. The timing was insane. And I was so stressed. I remember being like so nervous making the drive to go to my bank to do the wire transfer. Like what if I don't have everything I need and they won't do it? Or like, what if something doesn't go right? And then we can't get the house? Like, 
having so many nerves about everything. But now looking back, I have such fond memories because it was like so exciting at the same time and we were together and it was like such a special embarking on a new chapter kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. So then we officially moved in here on August 12th, which was less than a week after we got back from Finland, which was insane. Just about a month ago. Mm -hmm. Just about a month ago. We had not packed a single box before we left for Finland because we just didn't have time with everything else going on. So we packed up the house while working full time. I mean, I don't know how. I don't know how we did it, to be honest. I, I was using jet lag to my advantage. I would I woke up at 4.30 some mornings and just like packed up a closet and then worked. <laughs> like it was just nuts. And we're still doing it. You know, we're still living out of boxes. Oh, we're, yeah. we're very far from having a finished home. There are a lot of projects ahead for us that I'm very excited to bring you in on. I think we should round out this episode. If this is the house buying episode, mm-hmm. I think we should just round out with name one or two things that sealed the deal for you where you knew, I think this is our home. Ooh, I'm going to say two things. Okay. One is the open kitchen and living room. As you know, if you've listened to our previous like house hunter style episodes, That was a deal breaker for me. I had a kitchen at our old house that was tucked away, didn't have any seating. It wasn't open to any living space. So it kind of became like a little wench kitchen. Like I'd be the kitchen wench back there. Like no one could, there wasn't room to hang out. So if we had guests over, I just had to cook kind of in a room by myself and then bring out the food. It's an old fashioned style. There's nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't for me. And this house is the opposite. It's super open. So like we had um, our friends Mickey and Hope over last night because Hope Mickey Ratsula currently on tour with G Flip. Hell yeah. And Hope was coming over to bring us our nursery design and present it to us because she's been designing a nursery for baby spice. Hope Ratsula, interior decorator. Studio Ratsula. Studio Ratsula. Is it decorator or designer, interior designer? I think designer. Designer. But I could be wrong. Anyway, they were here and like I was cooking. We're all just hanging out, making drinks, talking, like lounging, and we're all in the same space. And then the number two thing is I love our main bedroom suite that has a walk-in closet and a really great bathroom with like a deep soaking tub, all luxuries that we have not had before. So they feel really nice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What about you? For me, I love the outdoor space in the back. It's very easy for me to imagine hosting people, building out that area, have big meals back there. That's something that I could immediately imagine. And the light coming in from the backyard, the connectedness of the home, mm-hmm. and having my own dedicated studio space that is separate from the house, but attached to the house. Yeah, It was something that I, I'm very excited about. It's going to challenge us, just like the nursery is going to challenge us, but in a way that I think will really ultimately serve us also. You know, I think we're going to make this home our own. And it already feels like ours, but I can just already sense that we're going to love the shit out of it. And it's going to reflect that over the years. Yeah, I do really love this house. It's going to be our little rock and roll baby home. It's a great house. Yeah. Thanks for listening. It was really fun to recap all this. Finally. If you have any other questions, you can always write to us at underourroofpod at gmail.com. And thank you so much for listening and your patience. We are now mostly back. We got to figure out what we're going to do when I'm on tour, but we are back giving you the homespun queer chaotic episodes that you have come to know and love of the almost three years of this podcast. 
And with that being said, we'll catch you next week on the show that we like to call Under Our Roof. My love for you is constant and new. No matter the change or the age, as we both get old.